All right. Hello and welcome to Inverticast. I am Tarantulia or Leah from Tarantulia. Um, and with me is a co-host, uh, Simon, who has joined Inverticast recently because he is just that cool. And he likes spending time with us. I don't know. <laughs> um, so today we are going to be talking about feeders. And so what that basically means is little bugs and things that I feed to my tarantulas and what Simon would feed to his mantises. Oh, good evening. Hello, Shady. Oh, it's always so nice to see Shady. Okay, so sorry. So, Simon, <laughs> my yes. first question for you. Um, how did you get your feeders in the beginning? Because I know that you keep colonies. So, and that's that's probably a pretty big difference for me is that I will go to a shop and I'll pick up whatever feeders I need. Sometimes I get a little extra, sometimes not. Um, and then I come home and feed my tarantulas. So how, how did you get yours? Um, at the start, I, I was buying them online. Um, when I, when I started going a bit bigger with them, but before that, um, it was all different kettle of fish because you could only get a limited choice in feeders. So same as you go to the pet shop and buy whatever they had that was the size for what you wanted to feed that's it okay okay cool so how like what made you obviously you have a lot of mantises so it's probably a really good thing for you to have colony of um superworms because i know that uh you might not live like in that big of a city it's a little more convenient for you guys to just have those colonies can you speak on that a little bit? I can, I can. I, I was shutting up then, actually, to, <laughs> to let you speak. I'm, I'm trying to. You sort of froze as though you were expecting me to carry on, so sorry if you was. Oh, um, good, all good. answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th I think it's, it's, it's not the availability or the fact that I can just go out and get them. Believe it or not, I have a pet shop uh, 10 minutes away, 10 minutes walk away. I have to walk through the woods, which means great deal to me because it means I can get to move every single log and see what's under it and pick mm. up moss, etc., and, and bring them home as well. So I've, I've got easy access to feeders if I run out uh, just down the road. And I live four miles away from one of England's biggest cities, which is Manchester. So okay. again, if I run out, it's, you know, four miles down the road, uh, which is six kilometers. I don't know, something like that. I, I speak old world. Um, no, no worries. Six kilometers, but I think it's about three uh, and a half miles-ish. I'm, I'm, well, four miles. So, so I think it's okay. six, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, that's all I was doing. It's the sheer volume required. Um, if I was to go and buy them, uh -huh. I really, really would be spending uh, so much money that it, it uh -huh. didn't make any sense to me. Uh, it, it's much easier just to have some. I don't know. I, I, use, I, use, I use this for everything. I use like a boxes like this, and I've got. I've got oh my, yeah. I got like crickets in this one. I've got micro crickets under it, and then I've got red runners, and then dubia roaches, and then several different species of springtails. Um, wow. Fruit flies, aphids, waxworms, mealworms, and probably other things I've forgotten. Uh, wax moths. So yeah, that's because I've got an array of of uh insects from tiny things like mantis nymphs but just hatched all mm -hmm. the way to adults that will eat an adult dubia roach i have to have absolutely in between as well and the ones that make a difference uh it's like we've got mealworms for the tarantulas for instance have the mealworms mm -hmm. and the assassin bugs like crickets so 
it, there's a lot of different sort of things we've got to feed in different so, stages, age stages. So, um, so we, when we discussed, um, actually, we discussed feeders before, and yeah. um, you actually mentioned that in the UK or where you are, you can actually just go out into your garden or your yard and find like a couple isopods or, yeah. you know, maybe you find a, a darkling beetle or something like that. And then you can basically just capture the bugs from outside and harvest them that way. Um, here in the States, we it's really not a great idea to do that, mainly because of all the uh, insecticides and pesticides that a lot of gardeners and other people in there like homesteads and their homes will use for their yards. Uh, but you also mentioned that it's not legal for insecticides in the UK. Do you know why that is? It, it is. It is legal for some pesticides, but um, they have to be rigorously vetted. And the pe most of the pesticides, like farmers, have a different insecticide situation to the people in the house, if you go to the supermarket and you buy an insecticide or something like that, um, <laughs> it's not going to be the same sort of potency as like what a farmer would get. And most of them are biodegradable uh, and insta-kills. So they either kill in insect where it, where it is, when it eats it, or when it comes in mm -hmm. contact with it. The ones in your garden, if you live near a city, the chances are the ones in your garden are going to be 100% unkidori fine. And if they're not, you can just keep them for one day, and that should be enough to quarantine them. The main problem would be parasites. But I've been doing it for a long time by just grabbing stuff out of the garden and never yeah. a single problem. I, I like I don't I don't wash uh, moss or sticks or branches mm -hmm. or bark. I don't don't clean any of it. Just put it in an enclosure, dodge your uncle. And, and you've said that this is really common practice. So this is like really normal for um, you to be able to just go outside. Like there's not really a whole lot of pesticide use where you're from. And it's a lot easier because <laughs> yes. I live in a, I live in a big city. So for me, like if I were to step outside into my yard um, to collect specimen or dirt or whatever for like an enclosure, um, the, the grass isn't even like a native species of grass here so there comes a lot of other insects and stuff that actually don't belong here in colorado like the um, japanese tree beetle at the moment is is wreaking havoc on some of the pines um in the mountains and stuff so uh <laughs> i would not i definitely would not like go out and grab some of that material uh pesticides weeds and strange things that I just don't know what's going on in this yard. We're just very like, especially in a city, we're really kind of squished together. So, but there are also other benefits. Like there are mealworms and superworms and crickets and stuff pretty much ready for me within about two miles or three miles from where I live. So I just, you know, hop on a scooter and run over and grab as many crickets as I need. So, I mean, it is kind of convenient. Um, but for you, that's, I mean, it makes sense, you know, like our worlds are so different, but also kind of the same. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, yeah. Well, do you have a favorite feeder insect to like feed your mantises or? Uh, favorite as in what's best or favorite as in What's easiest for me to feed? Well, how about both? Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, cockroaches, uh, red runners, probably. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, probably the best protein wise uh, and fat wise for mantis. Um, I, I, the only problem I've got with them is catching them, which is a pain. Uh. I, I generally <laughs> like. The fair-sized ones, I'll give them the roaches. Uh, before that, they'll get an array of all sorts of different things, from aphids to fruit flies to... And then you've got blue bottles, green bottles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Knots. Um, I think 
I think my favorite is also the Red Runners. I like the tarantulas' responses to them because they're just—it's pretty epic to watch them grab the. Because <laughs> they are very fast little roaches, like they're incredibly yeah. fast. And yeah, so I agree, catching them is a pain. Um, so that is also one of my favorite feeders uh, to feed. <laughs> to yeah, you know, <laughs> we're just sitting here with our. You know, we probably look really strange with a couple of tongs and <laughs> trying to... Um, oh. You've got this much stuff to feed that that can be awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can't, you're having a bad day and you can't catch them. Or there's a certain size you want in, in the box. Like yeah. You know, try to catch them and that. Because most people, <laughs> especially yours with, with the tarantula hobby, um, mm -hmm. it's generally the male roaches that you're giving out the tarantulas isn't it i think yeah i mean yeah they are they're very quick and the tarantulas actually can catch them a lot faster than i can it's pretty impressive yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's the male uh roaches that you you feed to them isn't it you know when you open the box you've got to get a male roach for you you know you don't want to oh yeah absolutely because you, you want the females you want yeah. the females to, to reproduce. You want them to, you know, create I, more. I luxury because mine is the size. So I, it's not about the male or the female. It's like I want them this size. So I've got to grab them that size. No matter what they yeah. are, that's what yeah. I'm using. If I can catch them, that's what I'm using. Um, so it can't be a bit, a bit hard work to keep the... At the moment, I don't like doing it, but this week I'm going to be feeding them crickets. Mm. Uh, and crickets are always the best idea to feed to mantis because uh, really? they tend to eat uh, any dead crickets and then they pass it on and it becomes a problem. I've not had a problem with it yet, but it is an apparent problem, so I'm told. Um, sure. I've yet to see that happen. Okay, so speaking of that. Like speaking of the best food for your inverts, um, I do have a, a question for that. Um, you said that uh, red runners actually provide the most sustenance or the most protein-based, uh, you know, uh, sustenance essentially. Yeah. Is there so? Are there other nutritional benefits to other uh, feeder insects? So, like, I know that crickets are usually pretty good protein. You know, yeah. tarantulas do love them. Um, you know, but obviously, I would, I honestly would prefer red runner roaches over crickets. So, like, is there other benefits to, say, superworms or mealworms or hornworms? It depends what you're feeding. Um, okay. I don't use hornworms, etc., for any of these guys because. There's too, there's too much fat in them. And oh. They can't process it. And it's no good for them at all when getting indigestion. Yeah. <laughs> they get digest, oh. digestion issues. So, mantis are not very good with fat at all. Fatty substances. Uh, they don't mind sweet substances like they will. They, will, they have been seen in the wild uh, taking mm. nectar from flowers, but only in small mm. amounts. You've got to remember that small amount if you're going to give a mantis. Or pretty much any invert, because most of them will take things like honey, uh, sugar water, nectar. Uh, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll take it, but you shouldn't offer it in massive amounts. It should only be a little bit. And they don't really need it, to be honest. Mm. You know, they just need the protein. But people, we do that. We'll come on to that in a minute when you go on the, uh, the non-life feeders. I'll talk about what I was just going to say then. Um, about people feeding things because they want to and not for the benefit of their actual pet. If that makes sense. Absolutely. You know? Is is uh, there like, is there a way that we can tell if our invertebrate, like whether it be, you know, assassin bugs or tarantulas or jumping spiders, is there a way to be able to tell if they actually like what they're eating or if they prefer something? How do you go about doing that? <laughs> well, yeah, um, I'm going to say yeah. I, I, I'm only going to speak for Nancy's here, but I'm going to okay. say yeah. 
um, they will definitely know the difference between something that's been gut loaded. Uh, I don't know if you passed on it. I can't remember if I, I saw what you sent, but I can't remember if you mentioned gut loading, so I don't want to say anything. Oh, I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah. You're, no, I don't it's okay. <laughs> what to bring up in a bit? Oh. Yeah, sorry. absolutely. Well, we can talk about gut loading. Right. I, well, gut loading is obviously the way um, you, you get a feeder insect and you purge mm -hmm. it by giving it a certain thing. Like you can give mm -hmm. uh, crickets or apples or lettuce. And you, you actually, you know, doing the, the, the mantis a favor or whatever it is a favor by giving them this item rather than eating. If, if you're going to a shop and buying a mm -hmm. box of crickets, that mm -hmm. have been sat in that box for days on end eating nothing but other dead crickets and skins and sawdust that's in that mm. box. The cricket's full of pretty much you're just dropping its nutritional value already. If you feed them straight out of the box, it's just really low nutritional value. Okay. If you're feeding uh, the insect, whether it be a cricket or whether it be uh, a mealworm, um, uh, cockroach, I forgot what they were called. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know, if, 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 if you start, if, if you actually give them something, like I, I will, you know, give them an, an apple, I'll slice an apple, chuck it in, uh -huh. apple, you know, they'll eat the apple slices overnight, take the rest out, and I'll give them something else that's, that's you know, gonna, gonna pick up their nutritional value when they're eating. But I have mm. noticed. But if I feed something on fruit, a mantis is more likely to eat that particular item. It will pick one item over another if one has been fed on fruit. Okay. So I was that makes a lot of sense. Lettuce, for instance. Sure. That's that that's fascinating. Okay. So uh, you do like you have noticed that the 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 fruit fed crickets yep. and whatnot are are more uh appealing to your mantis yeah yeah they must oh. <laughs> well that's cool i really like that so you uh -huh. mentioned no i mean because i actually really agree with that i have noticed that my tarantulas are the same way like um if i bring home superworms rather than crickets or if i bring home like mealworms mealworms are not really a big favorite <laughs> of my tarantulas they really don't like them like some of the old world guys do they'll they'll scoop them right up um but mealworms are i use them mostly for like my little jumping spiders and true spiders and stuff because they'll just go for it um but i have noticed that roaches are definitely their favorite thing like they pounce on those a lot quicker than they do the crickets like they you know it's almost like they enjoy just you know <laughs> so, you know, I definitely think our creatures do give us indications that, um, you know, they have a favorite food that they like to eat over another. So, so you also mentioned uh, in talking about nutrition, there are proper ways of feeding crickets and roaches and, and mealworms and such. So what is like the best way to keep a superworm colony per se um are we talking mario worms i think so they're the very large darkling beetles that yeah yeah i think we had them on last time we did the beetle one i had a darkling beetle in my hand from you the did <laughs> right yeah um well I've, I've got loads of he eggs here from them so i'm hoping that uh these guys will have a, a new colony soon so that'd be great and i'm gonna feed oh you. that's awesome these these will generally eat uh pretty much anything but okay <laughs> the groups in the wild would probably eat wood and uh rotting leaves and even substrates they generally just to eat that sort of stuff up um mm -hmm. if you're going to add them you can you can feed them fruit uh, i'd say melon seems to be something they like quite a lot i noticed uh the only okay problem, things like melon is fruit flies everybody oh yeah friends. fruit flies and fungus gnats uh if you're you know if it's a warm day like today it's bloody warm in here um mm. 
you, you put that in an enclosure and, you, and you're with your mealworms or whatever, uh, your super worms or anything else, really, like within a couple of hours, the thing's full of fruit flies or fungus gnats. And, you know, they just come out of nowhere. So, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the only problem. <laughs> um, I have fed them on lettuce. Uh, okay. And cucumber. Cucumber's got absolutely zero uh, nutritional value for any animal. Uh, animals just like it, but it has got value because it's got hydration value. Hydration. Yeah, I was going to guess that. Yeah, that's that's the value. <laughs> There's no real nutritional value in it. You know, it's nothing. Mass, no massive benefits. Same with lettuce. Um, lettuce has like trace calcium and stuff like that in it, and some other things, but. It's, it's not exactly a, a powerhouse food, if you know what I mean. Well, that's you know, generally across the board, isn't it? Vegetables, they don't provide mm -hmm. as much nutrition as uh, meats, etc. So, uh, so feeding them fruits is actually a much better option than vegetables? I find that, yeah, I find that fruit is, is a much better option. One of the fruits okay. that don't tend to like so much is tomato. I, that might just be me. It might just be our breed over here. Uh, no, that makes total sense because tomatoes are actually pretty acidic. And I know that I can't, I can't feed tomatoes to my... I have a colony of red wigglers. I have little compost worms. Yeah. Um, I love them, but I can't feed them tomatoes because it's too acidic. It'll just tear through them. Yeah, I don't like it. Don't like it. Mm -mm. Pigs won't eat uh, tomatoes. The that makes sense. Carrots. The dubias will eat tomatoes. Will they? Is that what you just said? Oh God, no, 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 no! I've not found <laughs> any tomatoes. No. Oh, okay. Carrot, yes. Yes, I I have a friend who actually has a colony of dubias and um, Madagascar hissing roaches. Oh, yeah. um, those those guys are cool. They get huge, right? Yeah. And they work really well as feeders for the the big tarantulas, the the bird eaters. You know, like Goliath bird or Theraphosa Theraphosa or yeah. Blondie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's they're a good feeder for those guys because all you have to feed them is one, and they're that's good. That's a perfect meal. Um, <laughs> so. How how do you feel that the temperatures of where you keep your inverts, like the feeder inverts, does that also have an effect on their behaviors and eating behaviors or, you know, their colonies, numbers, populations? Yes. And as you are well aware, and I think everyone else who's in the chat that I can't actually see because I'm blind. Uh, <laughs> Might be nobody there for all I know. It's okay. Uh, Shady, Shady has yeah. to go actually. Um, so, right. bye. Uh, yeah. The, the inverts, as far as, as far as temperature, obviously, as you know, is concerned, um, the what? metabolism changes, which means that they speed up when it gets warmer. They become more voracious the warmer it gets because, uh -huh. because they're, they're designed. To kickstart in summer, aren't they? It's all all books are designed to so like oh we'll muddle our way through spring, but it's summer now. We're all excited. We're all going to get ready. We're going to eat everything that isn't nailed down, and we we want to make and reproduce uh, ready for next year. So mm -hmm. yeah, temperature makes a massive difference. Like red runners, for instance, keeping them around thirty-five to forty seems to be uh, a, a good temperature. Think of oh really? What you're keeping them in? So in in Fahrenheit, I believe that's. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, no, it, that's okay. I'm I'm just, you know, <laughs> translating for the Americans. <laughs> uh, high high nineties, I think thirty five, mid high nineties to. I think that is that yeah, mid to like upper eighties. I thought. Is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I'm not very good with math. <laughs> I'll find out. 35 
to 40. I've, I've, got, I've got my phone out. 95 for 35, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so 40 is going to be, uh, yeah, about 104. So it's like, yeah, 95 to 105. Okay. So, uh, so that's, that's the best temperature for, for those. It's keep the dubia roaches at that temperature as well. Oh. How so, do you get them to be at that temperature? Uh, heat mats. Heat mats. Heat mats. Okay, where do you place the heat? Like, do you keep the heat mats in a certain position, or? Yes, do it cunningly because you don't want more than one heat mat if you don't have to. So you've got your 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 bin, uh, mm -hmm. handy little pots for the scenes. You've got your your bin with your let's say your dubias in, and then here's your bin with your red roaches, uh, your red uh -huh. ones in. Put the heat mat on top of here. Red ones on where? Oh, okay. Heat. With one heat map. Makes well, that, that makes a lot. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I appreciate that. Um, okay. <laughs> and, and they go, they absolutely go mental with that sort of temperature. They love it. Hot. Absolutely. So, okay, so this is this is really interesting. For me, I find that my tarantulas actually benefit from a diverse diet. So I, I do feed them mostly crickets, but I do also feed them other things like hornworms, roaches, you know, uh, the superworms, um, these, these sort of things. Like when they're tiny, tiny slings, I feed them uh, fruit flies. So that being said, are mantises dissimilar to tarantulas in that way? Do they really not prefer to eat a variety of insects? I'd like to think they do, because in the wild, of course, they're not just eating one thing every single mm -hmm. day. Um, plus, that variety of, of, of intake, just like us, the, you know, if we, if we eat, I'm trying to think something you know as well as I do. Okay, if we eat McDonald's every single day, we're, we're not going to be at our tip-top optimal condition if we just right. eat. It might have proteins, it might have some calcium, you know, it's, got some, it's got some sugars and salts, definitely. Uh, but we're eating that every single day, and we're not varying what we what our intake is. It's like you can't, well, some people argue you can, but if you were just eating plates of steak all the time, mm -hmm. and never any mm -hmm. green, you know, there's, there's going to be issues in your body where, where things aren't working properly. So I think it's the same with uh, insects. Or predatory insects that require—they—they they don't just catch one thing. If they're monophagous, which obviously, as you know, means they only eat one thing, mm -hmm. that's fair enough. Yeah, like you get some stick yeah. insects that are monophagous, like they'll only eat one leaf from one tree. You know what I mean? Right, like kind of like koalas. They only yeah, eat from a, eucalyptus. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and, and pandas with uh, with bamboo. Yeah, and, and yeah, <laughs> no, they're designed to eat meat. Uh, for some strange reason, they just like bamboo. I think they're just lazy out there, like ghost mantis. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they are. Maybe so. I I do believe that the the, the differences and the input. There are some uh, scientific papers on this. I, wasn't quite sure this was a question I was going to ask us a little bit about myself. But there are scientific papers on this. I have read them in the past. Uh, uh, the, benefits, uh, the benefits of feeding uh, your pets with uh, a varied diet over um, a, a one monophagous diet. So if mm -hmm. your dog, your cats, if you've ever noticed in the adverts when there are the commercials, you can't do it. Um, they're advertising that dog or cat food say it contains everything your dog or cat needs right so that well, means it's, all it's those very much, things are in here that's so. interesting because it, it, it i feel like it's a lot like us as well you know because we i mean if you're only eating chocolate donuts every day you're not really going to enjoy that you know you're, you're, you're just you're, <laughs> you might yeah, you, something not cooked <laughs> You might enjoy it a little bit, but yeah, no, it's not going to be very good or beneficial to you in the long run because it, you find yourself eating more because you'll just get hungrier. Your body is just going to like 
cycle through it eventually. Well, we need to eat. Your body would crave other things, like it crave proteins. Now. You know, I, I yeah. vegetarians and vegans say, "Ah, oh, I could just eat, you know, chicken or something." It's like they really mm-hmm. got to get meat cravings, which I can understand. I well, saying, and I, I, I think, cravings. I think our cravings come from, uh, you know, from our bodies for sure. Like, I think that comes from within our own biochemistry like your body is just gonna say hey like we're getting a lot of muscle cramps i think we need a little more potassium and fiber so the 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 tastes that come to mind are going to be like eggplant and bananas and um maybe even yams like that's that's where that potassium is going to be coming from and then of course a little bit of folic acid because our bodies are complex so I, i really feel like it would be remiss for us to not assume the same in inverts that their bodies are complex so they are going to need different kinds of feeder insects to keep them at their prime healthiest oh uh, yeah they are, sorry yeah. my <laughs> my cat is lonely i guess <laughs> as it turned up there yeah I, I, yeah the ghost mantis fly from a plant onto here like i'm keeping my eye on it. oh that's awesome yeah, so I've got the same as you, but mine are tiny. <laughs> yeah, right. No um, there, I'm oh, I think mantises are just some of the coolest inverts, though. Like, I I would love to hang out in your invert room for sure. <laughs> well, there's hundreds in here at the moment, and there's hundreds more waiting to come out. So <laughs> nice. It, it is fun. Um, but of course, I don't just have the mantis. Um, I've got lots of different inverts, like. So it's it's a big thing. The mantis obviously are a major deal, but yeah, I have more isopods than mantis. Oh wow! I believe it. That's cool. I have more species of isopods, and actually, physically, more individual isopods than I do mantis at any one time. I'm always, always. Absolutely. Sis. <laughs> I can't have an isopod on my shoulder while I'm walking around or whether I'm on my computer. And I like, I like that interaction you get with, with the mantis, which you can't have with most inverts. Like, mm. in fact, I'm struggling to think of another invert that you can actually have that relationship with. As you know, have it on your desk, out of its tank, or on a plant next to you, or on you. You know, just having a wander around. I no, I agree. I mean, maybe, maybe a beetle, like a Hercules beetle, or you know, mm-hmm. a big guy like that, like those rhinoceros beetles. What are those guys? They're, they're huge, right? So, I mean, I I could see somebody having like a cool Hercules beetle just chilling on their shoulder. Like, I could yep. see that. Oh. <laughs> All right, thanks. You just ruined that now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're done. <laughs> Well, and you know, maybe even assassin bugs. No, my assassin. No. I mean, they just like to hang out on their core ground. I, I don't see. They don't do much else. Uh, they pick on each other though. When when it's time to feed them, it's it's yeah. pretty funny. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I'm afraid no. That's a, that's a big no from me for the assassin books. Definitely. No, no I, I agree. I'm sorry. It is kind of like a sting. Yeah, they have. Um, they do have a protubus stinger that for their yeah. mouth that they. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool unless you're on the end of it. <laughs> yeah, unless you're like on the yeah the wrong end of it for sure. But no, mantises I think are probably the most peaceful. They're probably the most like interactive because a beetle probably isn't going to interact much, right? They come over. Beetles come over as extremely young. Uh, they come over like just this big tank, and it just wants mm-hmm. to bow through things. They're, like it hasn't got any. The, the actual fact that when a mantis will, will look at you when you make a noise or a quick movement, it can't hear you. By the way, it's feeling the vibration. Like, no, it's vibration. It's doing yeah. it that and looking at you straight in the eye. They always look like they're looking at you straight in the eye. They're nuts, but they do look like that. And they do. That to me, just the fact that they can move the neck, you perceive intelligence in, in that creature. 
mm-hmm. where there isn't any, you know, to it to, to we just level them up a bit as soon as you see them moving their head around and the, you know what's going on here. And I've just noticed that passing, so I'll have a look over there. And it's it's that's that's what does it for me. It's, it's the entire mm-hmm. fact that I always look at them like I do with jumping spiders as well. Yeah, like jumping it, spiders do this. If I walk past the jumping spiders, they're like, they're like oh, go like that. What, what do you want? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And that, that cracks me up. It just really makes me laugh. And they're very just, curious. I, you know. I'm so excited that you mentioned the jumping spiders being as curious as they are, because yeah. that's really cool that you're associating, look at you associating these little jumping spiders with something that makes you smile. Oh. I do like trash spiders. I just don't like tarantulas. Okay. <laughs> I've I've got right tiny, tiny, tiny jumpy spiders right behind me. <laughs> that's cool. No, I think that's great. So, uh, I had another question about superworms for you. What okay. is the best way of keeping superworms? You said, or the darkling beetles, the yeah. the big guys. Um. What's the best way of keeping them? So, like keeping them on soil. Yeah. What 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 do you do? Do you essentially make like an environment for them? Yes. Uh, generally, the, the substrate that I make for ice pods, I would use for beetles, and the substrate is generally uh, shop-bought compost, uh, the cheapest one you can possibly find, because that's the best one. Uh, that's the one that's got all the uh, the free stuff in it. So it's got all bits of wood in it already. It's got leaves in it. Mm-hmm. It's so cheap that you know for a fact that they haven't put any fertilizer in it or any pesticides in it because they don't spend any more money than they have to if it's cheap. So the cheapest mm-hmm. one possible is always the best one for your isopods. And back to your question, the Morio worms. So mm-hmm. it would be compost or topsoil if you're British, um, leaves, ground up dead leaves in there, and some okay. white wood. Some wh- uh, I'm sorry? White wood. People get confused what white wood is. Uh, they think it's just wood that's white, uh, and it's not. It's hard wood. So any hard wood, rotting, okay. broken up, um, and, and just chucked in there or mixed up, and, and the beetles will eat anything in there. Wonderful. You, you need you need to put soft, like this. Oh, here we go again. Soft hardwood. Makes sense. <laughs> yes. It sounds like, pretty funny, but I get it. Yeah, it's it's like soft. One second. One second. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. <laughs> I think I know what he means, but like chunks of, say, oak or yeah, um, is, uh, cedar or something like that. This is birch. Okay, yeah. I see why they call it white wood when it starts to rot. Uh huh. But if I do this, my fingers. Yeah, you break parts. Yeah. And I can I could just crumble this entire thing up piece by piece. So a piece of this, even a small piece inside with the beetles and the beetles put their ovipositor in and lay their eggs inside the wood uh-huh so obviously the beetles are going to be the eggs are going to hatch turn into worms they're going to eat the wood that's fantastic thank you i didn't even know that about uh mario beetles I, and I the, the uh, types of wood yeah, so you don't you a shot with a laying uh laying eggs in the frame the wooden frame of the tank where they're in they're laying up at the front between oh geez between the glass door and the frame they're laying in between that part so i can actually see the put their ovipositor in and lay the uh. eggs so it's uh yeah really got really so it proves the point of where they lay. Cool. And they don't need to eat anything else other than the uh, soft hardwood? 
not really. I mean, you can chuck like like I said before, you can chuck these are apples off a tree outside. I just found. Um, okay. Just slice them up, shove them in. The beetles will eat them. They'll eat okay. All sorts of things. Awesome. Carrots. They like carrots. Well, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I know there are uh, the dubia roaches definitely like carrots as well. So do the hissers, the big old hissers. So, all right. I mean, do you have anything else to add to uh, feeders and like? Do you think that there's any information that a beginner might really need to know about feeders before we go? Well, I, I think you could probably do an entire uh, session on things like flying feeders, uh, feeders for the uh, non-predatory arthropods, like mm -hmm. ice feeders. Um, yeah. There's tons and tons of things you could go over. It's an endless, endless subject. There's always <laughs> somebody somewhere I'll have something else to say to so have some input on it, which is great. Because the more input we get, the more control group you've got. And then you can pull right. and work out what's the best way of doing things. So, yeah, if anyone's got any information that contradicts what I've said, please put it in the comments so I can read it and yeah we're all about learning and you know growing through that that learning growing through that because in in all honesty I've been told all my life that you know knowledge is power and so I just want to help empower the community and the hobby a little better to help the advancement of these tarantulas and mantises and any invert that we need to feed so Simon, did you have it? Um, I'm going to say that this is the part where we're going to shamelessly plug things that we're working on or our own channels. Whatever you got, what's going on, Simon? <laughs> yes, the Mantis Garden. Just, awesome. just on my channel, and if something takes you fancy, watch it. I'm, I'm not really, uh, not really up for promoting too much. I don't have to scream out. If if you want to see it, I do a bit of everything on there. Quite a few different inverts. Similar to this, I've done stuff on feeders, which I have to review because I did small things. But yeah, uh, Mantis Garden, the burnt Mantis Garden. Go and have a look. All right. That sounds perfect. Um, I'm actually going to plug in my channel because you guys always tell me I'm not so good at this. Uh, so, so check out my YouTube channel, uh, Tarantulia, on YouTube, uh, you'll be able to find it pretty easily. I am I am going to be releasing a video this weekend, so it's going to be the Holothele longapes. Um, I just basically am going to talk about the species, and and then I've got a, a very small sling spider rehouse for next week, but I do two in one, so we can check that out. And then I think this week, I yeah, I just have all that going on. Obviously, Invert Podcast um, and Shady Things. I love Shady Things' channel. She is a lot of fun. She kind of brings it. I think she brings out, like, a side of me that I, <laughs> that I know, like the emo kind of moody, dark humor kind of side, and I really like her channel. So check out Shady Things. She's very, very cool. Other than that, this is us. This is Inverticast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, if you still have burning questions about feeders, you can post them in the Facebook page or in the comments. 